Welcome to the LA Public Health Podcast for Monday, April 26th, 2021. I'm Steve Baldwin, and today's show includes comments from LA County Board of Supervisors Chair Hilda Solis, followed by an update on COVID-19 led by Dr. Barbara Ferrer, Director of the Los Angeles County Department of Public Health. To keep up with the latest updates and guidelines for slowing the spread of COVID-19, you can follow us across all social media at LA Public Health or visit our website, publichealth.lacounty.gov. And now, here's Supervisor Solis. Yes, thank you so much. Uh, Good afternoon to everyone, and thank you all for joining us today. Um, You know, I'm really happy to hear about the CDC's guidance to resume the administration of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. After a very comprehensive safety analysis, our nation's top scientists and experts have come to the conclusion that the benefits of the vaccine far outweigh the extremely minimal risk. And as they've said, the risk is very, very small. All three of the COVID vaccines, as you know, Pfizer, Moderna, and Johnson & Johnson have saved countless lives. They're already known to be highly effective and safe. They are the only tool at this point that we have been waiting for us to return back to normal, saving lives and especially looking back at the tremendous loss and heartbreak and trauma that we've all experienced. As Dr. Barbara Ferrer and the top medical experts in the country will tell you, there are minor differences between these vaccines when it comes to how they work and how effective they are. And there is now real world evidence that the vaccines are the reason why our COVID numbers in LA County remain very low. Whether it's in our, seen in our healthcare workers, our school faculty and staff, We've seen that many of these people are getting vaccinated and case rates have fallen because of that. As of last week, 6.6 million vaccine doses have been administered across the county of Los Angeles. And that's good news. And almost 50% of the residents 16 and older in LA County have received at least one vaccine dose. And that is about 30% that we know that are fully vaccinated. But in order to fully turn the corner, in my opinion, we need more people vaccinated and for people to get their second dose if they receive the Pfizer or Moderna vaccine. Don't forget to do that. For those that don't have a healthcare provider, simply call 211 and you can be connected to one here at the County of Los Angeles. And remember, the reason the county is doing so well in large part is due to the pace of the vaccinations. We must all continue to do our part to get vaccinated so we can keep our case rate low. And we're continuing to allow for walk-ups so people can just simply walk up and not have to worry about getting an appointment made. Uh, It can happen right there and they're happening at our county operated sites through this week in order to increase our vaccination rates. You know, last Tuesday, the Board of Supervisors approved a motion that I had to direct County Council to produce a proposed ordinance to require employers in unincorporated areas of the county to provide up to four hours of paid leave for anyone getting their vaccine. So we're trying to really help people understand that it's important to get the vaccine, even when it is hard to leave your job. So we're doing this so that there can be more ample time for people to make those decisions and get the vaccine. It's to save lives. And I'm very happy that this is coinciding with the great news that we heard just last week from the Biden administration who will provide a tax credit to eligible employers providing paid leave to their employees to get vaccinated. And I'm also proud to announce that through 
a motion that I had last week to expand language access at our county-run vaccination sites. And we'll now have translation services in a variety of different languages, even in sign language. And these are critical efforts to get our vaccination rates up and keep our COVID rates down. So please understand that. And I'm hopeful that we're nearing the end of the pandemic, just as all of us are. And we need to make sure that our vaccination efforts continue to grow strong. We can't just leave this uh, out, out there to think that, oh, well, I don't need to get the vaccine. We definitely need to re-fortify ourselves. Now is not the time to just back off. And at the same time, we have to continue to work with our state and our federal partners to ensure that we're recovering economically, because that's the most important thing as well, to have good thriving jobs. And that's why I'm happy to announce that beginning on April the 30th, restaurants and other food and drink service businesses will, that have been impacted by the pandemic will be able to apply for free grant funding through the Restaurant Revitalization Fund. This program will provide restaurants, food stands, food trucks, bars, breweries, wineries, and other related businesses with funding equal to their pandemic-related revenue loss, and they can receive up to $10 million per business and no more than $5 million per physical location. And recipients are not required to repay the funding as long as the funding is going to be utilized for eligible expenses no later than March the 11th, 2023. So it gives you ample time to go after these dollars. Please don't let it sit there. And this program, as you know, is being administered by the United States Small Business Administration, and they will prioritize applicants who are small business entities that have at least 51% uh, representation of women, veterans, or are minority-owned. That includes a lot of businesses right here in LA County. These applicants can be prioritized in the first 21 days uh, once the program is launched. And you can apply through the Small Business Administration via a forthcoming online application portal, which is expected to formally be launched on April the 30th. In the meantime, however, you can call our Department of Consumer and Business Affairs Help Center at 833-238-4450. 833-238-4450. And weekdays between 8 a.m. to 4.30 or go online at lacountyhelpcenter.org. lacountyhelpcenter.org. And with that, I want to uh, now introduce Dr. Barbara Ferrer, our public health director for her uh, latest news items. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much, uh, Supervisor Solis, and to the entire board for skillfully guiding our response and recovery efforts this past year, and for your deep commitment to supporting vaccination efforts across the county, and most importantly, in our hardest hit communities. Today, I'll be sharing updates on COVID-19 cases, hospitalizations, and deaths across the county. I'll provide a vaccine update, including information on how LA County is resuming vaccination with Johnson & Johnson, an update on partnerships that make it easier for residents to get vaccinated close to their homes, and some encouraging trends we're noticing among people hospitalized for COVID. I'll take the first slide. Uh, as I begin with our daily numbers, please note that Monday's case and death numbers always reflect a lag in weekend reporting. We are sad to report four additional deaths today. One person who died is over the age of 80 and had underlying health conditions. Another person that died was between the ages of 65 and 79 
and also had underlying health conditions. Two people who passed away were between the ages of 50 and 64, and they both had underlying health conditions. This does bring the total number of deaths in LA County to 23,777. Please know we keep everyone mourning the loss of a family member, friend, or coworker from COVID in our hearts and in our prayers during this time of great sorrow. We're reporting 288 new cases today, and that brings the total number of cases in LA County to 1,231,806. This does include a total of 52,800 cases reported by our partners in the city of Long Beach and 11,205 cases reported by the city of Pasadena. There are 407 people currently hospitalized with COVID-19. We have investigated a total of 5,003 residential congregate settings and non-residential settings with at least one confirmed case of COVID-19. There are currently 81 outbreaks that are being investigated and we've closed 4,922 outbreak investigations. Almost six and a half million people have been tested and had test results reported in LA County and the cumulative positivity rate remains at 18%. I'll take the next slide. This graph shows trend lines of cases, hospitalizations and deaths from March 1st, 2020 through April 18th of 2021. We do remain at relatively low and stable case rates. Over the month between March 28th and April 18th, the daily average number of reported cases decreased just 13% from 424 average cases to 371. Over the same interval, daily average confirmed hospitalizations decreased from 658 to 474, and that's a drop of 28%. Meanwhile, daily average deaths continue to significantly decline from 17 to five, and this was a 71% decrease in really just three and a half weeks. It's so encouraging to see the work we're doing together having such a profound effect on the health and well being of people all across our communities. I'll take the next slide. Uh, as of April 22nd, uh, 2021, we had approximately 4.4 million people residing in LA County, and this includes Long Beach and Pasadena that have been vaccinated with at least one dose of the vaccine since January 1st of 2021. We'll go on to the next slide. And this slide shows the status of our overall efforts to vaccinate residents and workers in LA County. As of April, as of, uh, as of really April 23rd, we've administered more than 7 million doses of the vaccine across the county. As I already noted, more than 4.4 million uh, were first doses, and more than 2.5 million were second doses. This means that almost 4.5 million people have some additional protection against COVID, and more than 2.5 million people are now fully protected. Next slide. Uh, on Friday, the Food and Drug Administration and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention announced they had completed their review of safety information about the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, had found that the benefits of resuming the vaccine dramatically outweighed the risks and recommended lifting the pause on its administration. Before this announcement, the CDC's Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices met to present the data these agencies had reviewed in making that recommendation. 
I want to I want to share a little bit of that data with you today, and I'll take that on the next slide. The pause on the Johnson and Johnson administration started when six cases of a severe clotting problem were identified in people who had recently received the vaccine. What made these clots different and more dangerous from others, more common clots, is that they formed in the large blood vessels around and in the brain, and they were accompanied by a decrease in the blood's ability to clot elsewhere in the body. The abbreviation now being used to describe this particular type of clotting problem is TTS, which means thrombosis with thrombocytopenia syndrome. During the time the vaccine was paused, investigators at the, at the FDA and the CDC searched for additional not yet reported cases of this type of severe clotting problem among the nearly 8 million people who had recently received the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. They found a total of 15 cases, all of whom were women and 13 of whom were between the ages of 18 and 49. 14 of the women who developed this clotting problem were white, one woman was black, and none of the women were Asian, Latina, or American Indian, Alaska Natives. Two of the women were using hormonal contraceptives and seven met the criteria for obesity. Three of the women tragically died and seven remain in the hospital. It is worth noting that this type of clotting, if identified early, is often treatable. And in studies, nine in 10 people who are treated for a similar type of clotting disorder have had complete or near complete recovery. In this case, forewarned is forearmed. One positive consequence of this very public vaccine safety assurance process is that patients now know to be on the lookout for early signs or symptoms of this very rare clotting disorder one to three weeks after vaccination. These signs include shortness of breath, chest pain, leg swelling, persistent abdominal pain, severe or persistent headaches, blurred vision, easy bruising, or tiny blood spots under the skin beyond the site of injection. Additionally, the pause allowed healthcare providers to learn about how to screen and appropriately treat this syndrome. This means that clinicians seeing patients with symptoms suggested of TTS will likely now be even faster to recognize, test for, and treat it. Next slide. Uh, what you see here is a slide from the meeting of the Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices that took place last Friday. The slide summarizes the risks and benefits that the committee calculated would result from resuming Johnson & Johnson vaccine. The black double lines on the blue bars near the bottom indicate that those blue bars are not to scale. As you can see, the risks and benefits were slightly different in different age groups of women. In females 18 to 49, the risk of TTS was 13 cases for every million uh, vaccines that were given. At the same time, the benefits of the vaccine included preventing 12 deaths, 127 intensive care unit admissions, and 657 hospitalizations. In women over 50, the difference in risks and benefits was more dramatic. We wouldn't expect to see more than two cases of severe clotting for every million vaccines administered, while the same scenario could prevent 593 deaths, 1,292 ICU admissions, and 4,794 hospitalizations. I'll go on to the next slide. 
We're grateful to have a vaccine safety infrastructure that so diligently, uh, actually, we're gonna skip this slide. I'll go on to the next slide. Uh, we're grateful to have a vaccine safety infrastructure that so diligently watches over the safety of our vaccine supply and the well-being of American people. This will continue to provide reassurance that monitoring will continue as hundreds of millions of people are vaccinated to prevent infections, serious illness, and death from COVID-19. We'll continue to provide updates about vaccine safety and efficacy here and on our website. After hearing suggestions from our many community partners about what is needed to make it easier for LA County residents to get vaccinated, since last Thursday, LA County has been offering walk-in vaccinations at all of our eight county sites. This will continue at least through Thursday while our supply lasts. This means that anyone 16 and older living or working in LA County can now get vaccinated without booking an appointment at the eight locations that are listed on this slide. Please note that teens 16 and 17 years old do need to be accompanied by a parent or guardian. And when you come without a previously scheduled appointment, all we need you to bring is a photo ID. Uh, and please know it's advisable always to eat and hydrate before coming to get a vaccination. Next slide. An additional strategy we're supporting across the county is to use mobile vaccination teams to take vaccinations close to where people live who may have limited ability to get to one of the established vaccination sites. This week, we have 11, uh, 111 mobile vaccination sites that are scheduled at various locations, as you can see on this map, throughout the county. This includes at faith-based organizations, senior housing locations, food and agriculture sites, metro stations, and at other community-based organizations. The mobile vaccine team is working with partners such as our markets, stores, and metro partners to figure out where, should we, where we can establish some standing mobile vaccination sites. And these will be at places that are central in hard hit communities. Meanwhile, as you see from the map of the mobile vaccination sites planned for this week, our mobile team efforts will continue to focus on the county's highest risk populations and will be in the zip codes where inadequate housing, economic instability, and other factors are contributing to the lower levels of community health. I'll take the next slide. Uh, these photos uh, that I'm gonna show now are, are from a vaccination event last week that we conducted uh, in partnership with La Iglesia La Luz del Mundo, a church in East Los Angeles. This church is one of at least 230 congregations across LA County that are partnering with us to deliver vaccines in zip codes where we have high rates of poverty. Next slide. A third of La Luz's congregation signed up for this event. And by the time it was over, 300 community members had been vaccinated. To date, our partnerships with faith-based organizations have helped deliver nearly 30,000 total doses of vaccine. That's more than twice what we projected this effort could deliver back in March. Uh, and we're on track now to deliver more than 100,000 vaccines through our faith-based community partners. Next slide. This is a message from inside uh, this beautiful church, uh, and it's one that this community clearly took to heart. Mi tiempo ha llegado, my time has arrived. Next slide. I wanna also uh, highlight a new feature on our vaccine dashboard, an, inter an inter interactive vaccine data explorer that allows people to quickly and easily 
see how vaccination rates look in their own neighborhoods. This tool allows each of us to see both daily and total vaccination numbers in detail across the entire county. And we expect to update this data three times a week. The Data Explorer allows you to explore our vaccination efforts in many different ways. You can look at one community or you could look at the entire county. You can show a time-lapse map over a certain period of time, or you can look at vaccine coverage in certain age groups. We hope that people all over LA County will find this vaccination tracker to be a useful resource for understanding our communities and our cities, and that it will help you educate and motivate yourself, your neighbors, and your loved ones about vaccinations. Next slide. Seniors were among the very first LA County residents to be eligible for the COVID vaccine. We first began vaccinating seniors on January 20th. And since then, communities countywide have really come together to get shots in the arms of our older residents. This screenshot from the Interactive Vaccine Data Explorer shows the remarkable results of that effort. The darker green areas on this map, the higher the proportion of seniors living there who have received at least one dose of the vaccine. As you can see, in the vast majority of the county, uh, a lot of our residents over 65 have received at least one dose of the vaccine. And over 60% of our seniors are now fully vaccinated. In comparison, 24% of adults 18 to 64 have been vaccinated. I wanna point out that the difference in these groups vaccination rates is in large part due to the much longer period of time that seniors have been eligible for the vaccine compared to younger adults. Uh, seniors have been eligible since mid-January while many younger adults uh, who weren't eligible in the worker groups uh, only became eligible for the vaccine in April. We're starting to see some encouraging signs from our area hospitals that there are some real benefits to being part of this highly vaccinated group of seniors. And I'll go on to the next slide. This slide shows the proportion of LA County residents with COVID who were hospitalized between July 2020 and March 2021. The blue line indicates the proportion of adults younger than 65 who were hospitalized with their infections, while the orange line indicates this proportion in adults over 65 years old. When you look at the two white arrows towards the, white of, towards the right of the chart, you can see that we began vaccinating adults over 65 on January 20th. And by February 21st, 50% of our seniors had received at least one dose of the vaccine. And as you can see, this orange line has been consistently above the blue line since the beginning of the pandemic. Hospitalizations for months have been higher amongst older adults than among younger adults. But you can see how the distance between those lines changed after vaccine coverage of our seniors increased in earnest. After months of declining very slowly, the percent of infected seniors being hospitalized abruptly dropped from 20% to below 13% just after our senior vaccination efforts hit their stride. Meanwhile, the proportion of younger adults with COVID who were hospitalized have, has really remained about the same. We're hopeful that as more younger people are vaccinated, we see a similar stark decline in their hospitalization rates as well. Given how powerful these vaccines are at preventing hospitalizations and deaths, we're confident this can happen with increased vaccination coverage. Next slide. I'll take the next slide, yeah, perfect. 
Uh, because fewer in COVID-infected seniors are now being hospitalized, seniors make up a smaller share of all COVID hospitalizations. As this slide shows, since early February, seniors, shown here by the orange line, have accounted for a smaller and smaller percentage of COVID hospitalizations than our younger adults. And since January, the proportion of COVID hospitalizations that seniors account for has been nearly cut in half. Next slide. We're seeing similar patterns in the severity of hospitalized cases. Although all age groups have seen lower severity of illness since the surge, the improvement has been particularly dramatic in older adults. This slide shows just how much greater the improvements in this age group have been. Between December 2020 and March, and all the way through March 2021, the median length of hospital stay for cases among people 65 years and older dropped 43% from seven days to four days, while length of stay dropped only 25% among younger adults. Over the same period, the need for mechanical ventilation amongst hospitalized cases dropped 7% in seniors compared with a 4% drop in their younger counterparts. And in-hospital mortality has decreased 24% in older adults while only decreasing by 10% in younger adults. So with so many seniors now vaccinated, we're seeing fewer infected seniors being hospitalized and those that are hospitalized are having better outcomes. Next slide. Earlier in this presentation, I mentioned that nearly four and a half million LA County residents had received their first dose of the vaccine. Of the people whose first dose was a Pfizer or Moderna vaccine, almost 280,000 people are now overdue for their second dose. There are many reasons why this number might be showing up. One is that these doses, some of these doses are actually second doses for people who received their first dose outside of LA County. Another is that people have simply forgotten to get their second dose. Some people may have been put off by side effects of their first dose or feel that one dose is as effective as they need and is giving them enough protection. If you're one of the people who's overdue for your second dose of vaccination, I hope you consider the information I just showed you about the decreases in hospitalizations, intubations, and deaths that we're seeing now that so many of our seniors are fully vaccinated. We wanna see these same trends across everybody who lives in LA County. So many of you are providers and parents of children, and you're the working foundation of this city. Getting everyone fully vaccinated, which means two doses of the Pfizer and Moderna vaccine, if that's the vaccine you received, or one dose of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, is our best hope for seeing these positive trends spread even more widely across all our communities. The flu-like symptoms that many people have for a very short while after vaccination are signs that your immune system is working. And while one dose does offer some protection, it's not as strong a level of protection as what two doses offer. So if you're overdue for your second dose, come back to us and let's together spread better health throughout the county. Next slide. The data I've shown you today are far from the only signs that vaccines are highly effective in preventing infection, serious illness, and death from COVID. Data from studies of American and English healthcare workers have shown that being fully vaccinated reduces COVID infections overall by 85 to 90% in this very high-risk population. In Scotland, 
the vaccine reduced COVID hospitalizations by 90%. In Israel, where almost 60% of all adults have been vaccinated, they recently celebrated their first day with no newly reported COVID deaths. Here in LA County, the risks of becoming infected, being hospitalized, or dying from COVID-19 are so much lower than they were during the surge. I want you to realize how extraordinarily different this is from what's happening worldwide. <clears throat> Sorry. In India, cases are rising extremely quickly, and the country's people are suffering immensely from overwhelming demand for medical care, oxygen, and hospital beds. The scenes we're seeing from across the world will be chillingly familiar to everyone who endured the surge in this county. And while our situation has improved so much since then, we're not immune from seeing this kind of situation again. We must use every tool we have to prevent this from happening. On average, we're still losing 10 of our residents each day to COVID. The three vaccines we have now would prevent just about everyone vaccinated from getting infected, being hospitalized and dying. Just about everyone dying today from COVID would be alive if they were fully vaccinated. While it's been a frightening year filled with unknowns about this new virus and frequently changing guidance about everything from masks to wiping down groceries, we do know that the three vaccines we're using are very safe. We know this because of the meticulously kept safety records from clinical trials that involve tens of thousands of people, records that have been verified independently by a regulatory agency regarded worldwide as the gold standard in assuring the safety of medications and vaccines. We know this because of real-time data collected from the nearly 140 million people that are already vaccinated in the United States and a national vaccine safety program that works effectively to identify any rare and potentially serious side effects or adverse events as they happen in real time. To date, the only safety signals identified by this massive program were rare cases of anaphylaxis, which is an uncommon side effect of many other vaccines, and the clotting signal associated with the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, as I, I discussed earlier. That's why getting everyone vaccinated is the quickest path forward to getting to the yellow tier and the reopening opportunities that would come with it. Some of you may have been hearing about the concern that viral variants may be contributing to rising infection rates in other parts of the country and throughout the world. These variants have much less opportunity to be created and to spread if we have almost no transmission from person to person. Vaccination can get us there. When most of our population is fully vaccinated, we get to go back to enjoying our families and loved ones without fear. Our theaters, ballparks, and stadiums can operate at full capacity. And we can finally start to remember what normal life was like. I know that people still have a lot of questions and we wanna make sure you have the opportunity to get your questions answered. We'll be having frequent town halls involving a variety of experts to help answer as many of your questions as we can. I invite you to attend our upcoming town hall, which you can view live at the LA County's Facebook and YouTube pages tomorrow at 6 p.m. You, you can use the link at the bottom of the slide to ask a question in advance of the town hall. Thank you very much. And I'll now turn it over to Dr. Christina Galley from the Department of Health Services. 
Thanks, good afternoon, everyone. I'll provide brief updates today and then we'll take questions. As Dr. Ferrer just shared, the trends of what we're seeing in our hospitals across Los Angeles County continues to be encouraging. The daily number of new hospitalized patients with positive tests for COVID-19 across Los Angeles County has continued to decline. We continue to see that patients admitted to hospitals for reasons other than acute COVID-19 illness have had who have had positive COVID-19 PCR tests in the past though. This includes some people with current uh, infection as well as other people who had a prior infection weeks or months ago. They may have had a mild course of illness or they might have had an asymptomatic course and did not know that they were ever infected. The vast majority of these cases though do not, we believe, reflect recent transmission within the community, a fact that is supported by the incredibly low positivity rate across the county. Based on recent data reflecting transmission that occurred through the first half of April, the estimated transmission number or R at that time was still below one, being modeled at 0.96. Based on the pattern that we see in hospitalizations across the county and that resulting estimate of the effective transmission number, we still expect that the supply of hospital beds, ICU beds, and ventilators will be adequate over the next month. With that in mind, and because of the relatively low level of community transmission, the frequency of the hospital bed demand model updates will be reduced to every two weeks after this update today. Now shifting to just a few brief updates on testing and then we'll take questions. I wanna highlight just a few examples of some of the outstanding work that our community-based organizational partners have performed over the past several months with respect to getting the message out into the community about COVID-19 and access to resources, including testing. While all LA County residents age 16 and over are eligible to be vaccinated until we reach that critical point of herd immunity, COVID-19 testing remains one essential tool in fighting the virus and keeping transmission low. Health Services has worked diligently to ensure that the communities that are hit the hardest by COVID-19 have access throughout the year to free COVID testing and other health information that they need to be able to keep themselves and their families and their communities safe. Our department has been able to do this by effectively partnering with a number of community-based organizations across the county who have helped us in reaching the constituents that they know and work with and providing them with the resources they need. Health Services committed about $7 million in investment and our philanthropic partners committed another 1 million to 29 Los Angeles County community-based organizations to focus outreach engagements and support in communities where health disparities from COVID-19 and other social determinants of health persist. Through our partnership, we have developed and launched the covidhelpla.org website, a website that provides COVID-19 information and resources on testing as well as other things. Information and resources on this website are available in English, Spanish, Chinese, Korean, Tagalog, and Armenian. Our community partners have done and continue to do exceptional work during the pandemic. And I wanna highlight just three specific organizations among many and some of their successes. Across Los Angeles County, Sahas for Cause, a nonprofit organization that's dedicated to serving as a support system for the South Asian immigrant community, continues to share educational materials with South Asian communities about, COVID, about LA County's COVID-19 resources and support 
including information about testing, safe practices to help reduce infection and quarantine and isolation resources. The organization distributes materials at temples, grocery stores, and restaurants, and they share video testimonials from local healthcare professionals in multiple languages via social media to help dispel some of the myths that are out there about COVID-19. In the San Fernando Valley, Pacoima Beautiful has hosted multiple virtual events with Latina doctors that address questions from community members about COVID-19 and how they can keep themselves and their families safe, effectively countering misinformation and sharing important resources. And in South Los Angeles, the California Black Women's Health Project shares mental health information related to COVID-19 with women through their Sisters Mentally Mobilized program, an incredibly important effort as we continue to navigate these very difficult times throughout the course of the pandemic. The organization has also hosted pop-up COVID-19 testing events. Altogether, these kinds of individual efforts from many partners that we have partnered with over the course of the year have made a significant positive impact on the collective health and well-being of the residents in all of its diversity across Los Angeles County. We are incredibly thankful for all of their great work and their efforts to engage communities that are the hardest hit by COVID. Finally, I'd like to remind all Angelinos, if you're not yet vaccinated and are experiencing COVID symptoms or believe you might have been exposed to COVID, please do consider getting tested. Individuals looking to get tested should call their provider first. It's always best to receive your care within the setting of your established provider relationship. If you don't have a provider but do have insurance, call your health plan so that you can find a provider in your network. And if you don't have insurance or don't know where to start, you can call 211 or visit covidhelpla.org or visit the county's COVID testing website at covid19.lacounty.gov testing for more information and to get access to a free COVID test. LA County continues to move in the right direction with COVID-19 with more people getting vaccinated every day. While this rollout continues to be underway, please utilize testing resources in an effort to keep our neighbors, friends, and family healthy and strong. Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, if you wish to ask a question, please raise your hand using the hand icon or send the host a chat with your name and outlet to be placed in queue. As a courtesy to other reporters and to allow for ample time for questions, we ask that you please limit yourselves to one to two questions per reporter. One moment, please, for our first question. Our first question will come from the line of Patrick Healy. Patrick, your line is unmuted. Please go ahead. Hey, um, we're getting Dr. Fauci has been talking increasingly about relaxing the mask mandate outdoors. Would you be comfortable with that extending to sports stadiums? Thousands of people seated together. Um, and then you mentioned the uh, the uh, number of people not getting their second doses. Do you have the resources to call these people and nag these people? Or apart from these public briefings, do you have a way of getting the message through to them? And your decision whether or not you want to let me cheat and ask a third question, but related to that, the vaccine tracker, if I'm reading it correctly, seems to indicate vaccination rate peaked early in the month and has been declining since. If you could comment on that. Thank you. 
yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks uh, so much, Patrick. And let me try to get to all three uh, quickly. I'll, I'll just start with vaccine tracker. Um, last week, I, I, I haven't really uh, seen exactly the data you're looking at, Patrick, but you're absolutely right to note that uh, we were doing better uh, in terms of administering uh, doses earlier on in April. But I, as a reminder, we had to pause all of Johnson & Johnson vaccines here. So sometimes you can look at that and say, well, maybe people aren't getting vaccinated. But the reality was uh, the number of people getting vaccinated in LA County uh, at the beginning of the month was very dependent on the number of doses we had. I think for the first time ever uh, this week, we actually have open appointments at many sites, um, meaning that you know we need to make sure people know how easy it is to now come in and get vaccinated as opposed to how much harder it was when we had scarcity. Uh, but you're absolutely right to notice uh, we, you know, remember we had 400,000 doses of vaccine we were administering for a couple of weeks there. And uh, we've been at about 300,000 doses for the last couple of weeks. So I think that helps with that. Um, and yes, we do have the capability where people have provided us with email addresses or with phone numbers as part of their registration to get vaccinated. Uh, we have the capability to actually uh, reach out and, and try to find them uh, and send them either a text or an email, which is one thing that we absolutely will do. Unfortunately, we don't have that information for everybody. Uh, and that therefore makes it harder. And uh, we also you know, know that we need to use a lot of our community partners to make sure people understand why you should be coming in to get that second dose. I think there's been some confusion out there uh, when people say, you know, this first dose, it's so effective, you don't really need to bother. And, and none of that is true. And, and just as, as a reminder, uh, we're still getting more and more information about the vaccine's effectiveness. And one dose does give you an extra layer but two doses really protects you fully uh, from the worst outcomes imaginable, seriously ill, hospitalized, and dying. So, so we do want people to go get that second dose. And then, uh, you know, I know I noticed Dr. Fauci wasn't giving a lot of details, and I think he, like us, is, is waiting for the CDC to issue any changes in the masking guidance. Um, and again, I, I think Dr. Fauci was very careful to say that CDC will be making those changes based on some of the science and emerging science that they're seeing. Uh, my sense is that what you're really looking at in changing uh, some of the masking requirements is, A, it's gonna be for people who are fully vaccinated, and B, it's probably gonna be for in those outdoor situations where you're likely not to be in contact with other people. Uh, and if you're fully vaccinated, it may be okay. You're going for a run, you're going for a bike ride, you're going for a hike. Uh, but I urge all of us to let's wait and see what CDC uh, gives us uh, to look at what the evidence is to suggest that we should make a modification. Uh, what I know right now is that uh, next to vaccinations, one of the most powerful tools we have is in fact masking. And we'd still ask everybody to continue masking when you're out and about, when you're at our stores, when you're near other people that aren't in your household, and particularly when you go to stadiums where there are still many, many people uh, that are not vaccinated yet. Uh, but thanks for that question. And we'll go on to the next question. Our next question comes from the line of Jeff Nguyen. Jeff, your line is unmuted. Please go ahead. Good afternoon, doctors, and good afternoon, board members. Uh, if I may, I'm going to stick to the theme of uh, attending uh, ball games. Um, you know, we have noticed a spike in uh, bogus vaccination cards being offered. 
wondering if that is on your radar uh, and what is being done to combat that. Uh, is there a future where the cards might be tougher to uh, counterfeit? Yeah, you know, it's it's a good question and, and we do get asked fairly frequently, you know, how can we prevent people from falsifying information? I mean, it was, it's about this, it's about testing. Uh, it's, you know, really been about a whole host of things related to the pandemic. The first thing is I, I think very few people are trying to uh, create for themselves a bogus record of vaccination. You know, these cards do tie back to a database. So just so that, that folks realize this, uh, there is a both a state and a national database that does keep track of everyone who's vaccinated. Uh, and at some point, there'll probably be an electronic record that it's easy for folks to be able to access uh, that is really uh, their, verifi their verification of their vaccination status. Um, and, you know, uh, at this moment in time, what I really want to more worry about is that, you know, people need to get vaccinated. Uh, don't, don't bother with the bogus card because it's so easy to go somewhere and get vaccinated. And that way you're protecting yourself, you're protecting the people around you, and you don't have to worry about someone figuring out that your card is, is actually uh, not a legal card. You know, those cards do have the lot numbers on them. Um, so I, I know it seems like it's fairly straightforward to just make up this information. But as I said, they are tied to a database. I just urge people don't go that route. It's so easy right now to go and get vaccinated. So, so please go ahead and then you get your white card and you don't need to falsify any of your documents. But thanks for that. And we'll take the next question. Our next question comes from the line of Josh Haskell. Josh, your line is unmuted. Please go ahead. Uh, hey, Dr. Ferrer. Although the county has brought back J&J, &J, do you feel that the damage has already been done, that it's going to be even harder to convince those who were already skeptical that J&J &J and all the vaccines are safe? It's a great question, Josh. Thanks a million. Um, obviously, for some people, uh, the worry about, you know, uh, getting a, a dose of J&J &J is, is not going to diminish with the new safety information that we're releasing, that CDC is releasing, and they may remain skeptical. I'm really glad we have two other vaccines. So for those people who remain skeptical about Johnson & Johnson, please go ahead and find a site where you can get either the Pfizer or Moderna vaccine. I think the question around safety is, is one we're going to always have to revisit. And I, I like that we're, uh, we have a, a vaccine safety program that's really 100% transparent uh, so that people can understand that when there are flags that get raised around safety, uh, very quickly CDC and the FDA are going to act on all of our uh, behalf uh, to make sure they look into those situations and verify whether or not we can continue to use the vaccine. Uh, because it has so much safety with it uh, that, and the risks are so low, which is what happened now. But, you know, for those people who, you know, remain really concerned about uh, Johnson & Johnson, I, I just urge you, uh, because time is now of the essence, uh, if your concern is just about Johnson & Johnson, then please come in and get a vaccine with Moderna, Pfizer. If your concern is about vaccine safety overall, uh, participate in our town halls, talk to your provider, uh, talk to people you trust in your communities, talk to people who are already vaccinated um, so that you can make an informed decision and you can know how important it is for people to get vaccinated. 
Uh, but thanks for that. And we'll take the next question. Thank you. Our next question comes from the line of Claudia Pashuda. Claudia, your line is unmuted. Please go ahead. Hi, I have a couple and I have a feeling you're going to say for both of these that it's too soon to say. So then let me get through this and, not, and then I have another one. Um, is it too soon to say whether we got through the orange tier reopenings without a bump in cases? And is COVID no longer the leading cause of death in the county? And then my other question is, so you've said that DPH isn't really tracking breakthrough cases. So when you talk about outcomes for hospitalized seniors, uh, recently being better the, than what we saw before vaccinations began. Like, what's the presumption there that, that they were at least partially vaccinated? Like, I'm not quite sure what to make of that. Thank you. Yeah, um, so let me just let me just go to the last question first. I mean, we're we're tracking breakthrough cases where we can identify that they're breakthrough cases. I just we don't have definitive information on breakthrough cases because everybody doesn't get tested or screened and we have an issue of false positives. So it's really multiple tests that you'd have to use uh, with people fully vaccinated. Uh, in all of the places, uh, including our hospitals, um, the data I showed today was not data for folks who were fully vaccinated um, and ended up being hospitalized. It was data for people who had COVID-19 and ended up being hospitalized. Um, but, you know, we are looking wherever we can get information about breakthrough cases. Uh, we're obviously looking at it, looking at that information very carefully, as is the public health departments across the whole country to get a better sense of what that data looks like and where there may be uh, any risk. Uh, and is that, um, are, are most of these cases really fully vaccinated cases? And then again, as I noted, when you have very low rates of community transmission, you've got to also make sure that it's not the result of just one test. You're going to have to test uh, and acknowledge that there are false positives as well. In terms of uh, COVID being the leading cause of death, I mean, obviously our, our, our death rate, you know, uh, fortunately for COVID-19 right now is, is really low. I think for last year, it was the leading cause of death. And uh, again, better to look at this over a longer period of time. So as you all know, the the, de the fatality rate from COVID just recently uh, began dropping significantly. Uh, so up until this last month, it was still uh, extraordinarily high, uh, but we will calculate that over time. I just want to note for last year, it was one of our leading causes of death. Uh, and then uh, do I have uh, data that says, you know, we move to the orange tier, we don't see a bump in cases, then we're all, we're all fine. Uh, it is a little early. Uh, but we continue to be uh, very impressed with everything everyone's doing to keep each other safe. Uh, we're hopeful that we don't see a significant bump up uh, because of the movement in the orange tier. My hat's off to uh, all of our large event venues that are working so hard to create safety at places that could end up being uh, events where there's a lot of transmission if we weren't careful, but I'm really impressed with, with the work everyone's doing there. And I just ask people, you know, uh, continue to take advantage of the fact that we've got a lot of tools and that now it's very easy to get vaccinated and that's one of the most powerful tools we're going to have. Thank you. So I'm, I'm sorry, I'm still unclear on the why the hospital outcomes might have improved for seniors after vaccinations began in that group. If you could clearly like tell me what you think. Might people, who are, people who are vaccinated are much less likely to be hospitalized. 
Right. But we don't know if, if like any fully vaccinated people are in this group. That's why I'm saying, like, do you think it's safe to assume that maybe some of these people were just partially vaccinated? Like, it's safe to assume that most of the people in that group weren't vaccinated at all is what it's safe to assume. Very, 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 very few people who are fully vaccinated have been hospitalized. Um, and so, you know, we're talking about hundreds of hospitalizations here. So highly unlikely uh, that there's any significance. If uh, there were people in that group who were fully vaccinated, it would be tiny. Uh, and yes, there may be some people who weren't fully vaccinated uh, who were in that group. But again, we've acknowledged you don't have full protection unless you're fully vaccinated. I'm not sure. I'm hoping that answers that, Claudia. Thank you. Our next question comes from the line of Ana Almendrala. Ana, your line is unmuted. Please go ahead. Hi, thank you so much. Um, Dr. Ferrer, you had said last week that LA County had received extra vaccines, I think, from other counties that hadn't been using their supply. Is this also the case this week? And, and do you know which counties are the sending counties? Uh, and my second question is, when it comes to open appointments for the first time this week, do you think that the county will still end up administering about 95% of the shots that you receive within a week? Or do you think that this might be the first time that this percentage will also start dropping? Um, yeah, I don't, uh, thanks for both those questions. Uh, they're really good questions. I, I don't know exactly which were the sending counties. Uh, it really goes through the TPA and then they do a redistribution. Um, and we did get extra doses last week and we were grateful for those extra doses. Uh, and I believe, you know, we've, we've gotten through using most of those doses, but you're right. Uh, this will be the first week where we have uh, open appointments. Um, we also, this is our first, this will be our first full week where everybody can just walk in and you don't need to make an appointment. We're hoping that making it easier for folks at our sites and across the county, many sites are also making it easier uh, that we actually still continue to do exactly what you mentioned. 95% of the doses we have this week uh, will get into the arms of our residents and our workers. You know, we, we'd urge all of you uh, to, to help us spread the word that it is really easy uh, to get vaccinations now and that you don't need to really wait and, and you know, spend a lot of time trying to find appointments. There's over 700 sites that are open this week across the county. Uh, we have hundreds and hundreds of pharmacies uh, that make it pretty easy for people in their neighborhoods to go there if that's easier. Um, but th this is the time for people to just go ahead and and get their vaccinations because it is so much easier this week. And we'll let you know next week whether or not we were able to administer all the doses that came into LA County. Uh, we're hoping so because it's really important for us to get every single vaccine dose that we have into someone's arm as quickly as possible. Thank you. And Thank we you. have time for one last question. And that question comes from the line of Stephanie Dazio. Stephanie, your line is unmuted. Please go ahead. Hi, thanks so much. This is for Dr. Ferrer and Supervisor Solis. Um, a bunch of the reporters on this call noticed that um, the slide you had with a vaccine clinic in East LA was from La Luz del Mundo, whose um, self-proclaimed apostle is currently in, carcer in jail on um, child rape and sex trafficking charges. Wanted to know um, if that was considered at all uh, in your decision to have a clinic there. I understand that it's part of a big push. Um, with faith-based organizations uh, and vaccine uh, use. Looking to see, will, will you partner with them again? Um, I think a lot of people are are concerned about what message this sends. Thank you. 
Supervisor Solis, do you want me, do you want to, I don't know, I think you're muted. Do you want to respond? Well, I, I, I think you, um, I mean, obviously, I don't think that came up on one of our lists. We uh, typically provide information uh, where we think uh, mobile units and, and where vaccination sites can be held, but I don't recall seeing that one. So, as you know, there are oftentimes uh, other groups that uh, interact, uh, CBOs and what have you. But I will say one thing for sure is that um, we do need to have more people from East LA being vaccinated. And I think that's really the priority. Um, I'm sure we're going to take note of this. Uh, certainly don't want to send mixed messages, but I will say and continue to say this, that even at our other parks and facilities, I know at Obregón Park and other uh, places we've had, several uh, vaccination sites, pop-up sites, even in uh, Centro Estrella and different places. So we want to continue to tell people to come and get uh, vaccinated. They should feel safe. They should feel that they're going into uh, a trusted area, that um, we have uh, professionals providing the vaccination. And that's really what's first and foremost in my mind, because we know that the most impacted areas happen to be in East Los Angeles, Southeast LA, and Eastern parts of the San Gabriel Valley. Um, so that's my response. Uh, Dr. Ferrer, you'd like to add? Sure, I mean, I, I just agree. I, I mean, this is about vaccinating the people who live in our communities. And, um, you know, this this partnership is, is really a partnership with the people of East LA. Uh, that's what this was. And, you know, I agree with Supervisor Solis, you know, uh, we need to to make sure that in our partnerships, you know, people aren't uh, feeling like we're making statements about, you know, neither our religious beliefs nor our political beliefs. Uh, but this is really about serving the people in that community. There were 300 people. They were East LA residents uh, that were able to get vaccinated. That's super important. That's one of the hardest hit communities uh, across our county. So thank you. Thank you. And transitioning now to remarks in Spanish with Supervisor Super. Solis. Supervisor Solis, go ahead. Yes. Uh, gracias y buenas tardes a todos. Soy la Supervisora Presidenta de la Junta de Supervisores aquí en el Condado de Los Ángeles. Me da bastante gusto estar aquí hoy día con ustedes. Estamos felices de saber que el CDC recomienda el uso de la vacuna Johnson y Johnson de nuevo. Después de una análisis de seguridad, los expertos han llegado a la conclusión de que los beneficios de la vacuna superen el riesgo porque en realidad es muy mínimo. Las tres vacunas que ustedes saben son Pfizer, Moderna y Johnson y Johnson y han salvado muchas, muchas vidas. Son efectivas y sanas. La doctora Barbara Ferrer y otros expertos médicos les pueden decir que hay muy pocas diferencias entre estas vacunas. Y ahora tenemos evidencia por la razón de que los casos de COVID se mantienen bajos en el condado. Donde la gente se ha vacunado, sea los trabajadores de salud o personal de las escuelas, los casos se mantienen muy bajos en estos lugares. Desde la semana pasada, 6.6 millones de dosis de la vacuna han sido administrado en el condado de Los Ángeles. Casi 50% de los residentes 16 años y mayores en el condado han recibido por, por lo menos una dosa de la vacuna. 30% están com, uh, completamente vacunados. 
Pero para llegar al fin de la pandemia, necesitamos que más gente se vacuna. No se les olvida recibir su segundo vacuna también. Aquellos que todavía no están seguros de la vacuna, por favor, llamen a su doctor para más información. Y para ellos que no tienen un doctor o dónde ir para conseguir salud uh, médica, por favor, llame el número 211 para ser conectado con un doctor en el condado. Estamos haciendo muy bien en el condado aquí porque estamos vacunando a más gente. Esta semana en sitios del condado pueden llegar sin cita para recibir una vacuna. Y el martes pasado la Junta de Supervisora pro, uh, aprobó mi moción para pedir a los empleadores en áreas no incorporadas que permitan hasta cuatro horas de tiempo para, para pagado para que ellos puedan conseguir la vacuna. Tendremos más detalles de las semanas que, que vienen y la misma vez la administración de Biden anunció que va a dar un crédito fiscal a los empleadores que brindan tiempo pagado a sus empleados para que se vacunan. También les doy las gracias que pasó, pas, pasaron una moción de expandir acceso a información en otros idiomas. Ahora tenemos servicios de traducción disponible en todos los sitios de vacunas del condado. Estos servicios de traducción son ofrecidos en más que 12 diferentes idiomas, incluyendo lengua de los signos americano. Estos esfuerzos son críticos para subir las tasas de vacunación. Si tiene algún familiar o amistad que no está seguro de vacunarse, por favor, comparta su experiencia para que no tengan miedo. También estamos trabajando con nuestros socios estales y federales para asegurar la recuperación económica del condado. Por eso les comparto que empezando el 30 de abril, restaurantes y otros negocios pequeños de comida, bebidas, pueden aplicar para la Restaurant Revitalization Fund. Este programa es para restaurantes, puestos de comida, uh, troques de comida y mucho más que, que perdieron dinero por la pandemia. Incluye hasta 10 millones de dólares por negocios y no más que 5 millones por espacios físicos. No están obligados a pagar los fondos de vuelta con solo que los fondos se utilicen por el 11 de marzo de 2023. Este programa va a dar prioridad a negocios pequeños donde más de 51% sean manejados por mujeres, veteranos o personas de color. Si quieren más información, por favor, llame este número 833-238-4450. El número otra vez, 833-238-4450. Gracias a todos por sus esfuerzos. Y ahora me da gusto introducir a Jacqueline Valenzuela con el Departamento de Salud Pública. Gracias. Muchas gracias, supervisora. Gracias por acompañarnos hoy. Compartiremos actualizaciones sobre casos, hospitalizaciones y muertes por COVID-19 en el condado de Los Ángeles. Una actualización acerca de la vacuna que incluye información sobre cómo el condado de Los Ángeles está volviendo a usar la vacuna de Johnson Johnson. 
eh, una actualización de nuestros compañerismos con organizaciones religiosas y algunas tendencias, tendencias alentadoras que estamos notando entre las personas hospitalizadas por COVID-19. First slide, please. Al comenzar con nuestros datos diarios, tenga en cuenta que los números de casos y muertes del lunes reflejan un retraso en los informes durante el fin de semana. Nos da tristeza informar cuatro muertes adicionales hoy. Esto eleva el número total de muertes a 23,777 en el condado de Los Ángeles. Hoy también estamos reportando 288 casos nuevos. Esto eleva el número total de casos en el condado de Los Ángeles a 1,231,806. Actualmente hay 407 personas hospitalizadas con COVID-19. Y hasta la fecha, casi 6 millones y medio de personas se han hecho la prueba de COVID-19 y se han informado los resultados al condado de Los Ángeles. La tasa de positividad acumulada es del 18%. Next slide, please. Este gráfico muestra las líneas de tendencia de casos, hospitalizaciones y muertes desde el 1 de marzo del 2020 hasta el 18 de abril del 2021. Nos mantenemos en tasas de casos relativamente bajas y estables. Entre el 28 de marzo y el 18 de abril, el promedio del número diario de casos disminuyó solo un 13% de 424 a 371. Durante el mismo periodo de tiempo, el promedio diario de hospitalizaciones confirmadas disminuyó de 658 a 474, una caída del 28%. Mientras tanto, el promedio diario de muertes continúa disminuyendo significativamente de 17 a 5, una disminución del 71%. Es muy alentador ver que el trabajo que estamos haciendo juntos tiene un efecto tan profundo en la salud y el bienestar de las personas en todas nuestras comunidades. Next slide, please. Al 22 de abril del 2021, aproximadamente 4.4 millones de personas que residen en el, en el condado de Los Ángeles, incluidos Long Beach y Pasadena, han recibido al menos una dosis de la vacuna desde el 1 de enero del 2021. Next slide, please. Este gráfico muestra el estado actual de nuestros esfuerzos para vacunar a los residentes del condado de Los Ángeles. Al 13 de abril, hemos administrado más de 7 millones de dosis de vacuna en el condado. Como ya señalamos, más de 4.4 millones fueron primeras dosis y más de 2.5 millones fueron segundas dosis. Esto significa que casi 4 millones y medio de personas tienen alguna protección adicional contra COVID-19 y más de 2.5 millones de personas están completamente protegidas. Next slide, please. El viernes, la Administración de Alimentos y Medica Medicamentos, FDA por sus siglas en inglés, y los Centros para el Control y la Prevención de Enfermedades, los CDC por sus siglas en inglés, anunciaron que habían revisado la información de seguridad sobre la vacuna Johnson Johnson. Encontraron que los beneficios de volver a usar la vacuna superan los riesgos y recomendaron volver a usar la vacuna. Antes de este anuncio, el Comité Asesor sobre Prácticas de Inmunización perdón, de los CDC se reunió para presentar los datos que estas agencias habían revisado al hacer su recomendación. Hoy queremos compartir algunos de esos datos con ustedes. 
Next slide, please. La pausa en la administración de la vacuna Johnson y Johnson comenzó cuando se identificaron seis casos de un problema grave de, coagula de uh, coagulación en personas que habían recibido recientemente esta vacuna, lo que hizo que estos coágulos fueran diferentes y más peligrosos de otros coágulos más comunes es de que se formaron los vasos sanguíneos en y alrededor del cerebro y que redujeron la capacidad de la sangre para coagularse en otras partes del cuerpo. La abreviatura que se utiliza ahora para describir este tipo particular, este eh, problema particular de coagulación es TTS, que significa trombosis con síndrome de trombocitopenia. Durante el tiempo en que se suspendió el uso de la vacuna, los investigadores del FDA y los CDC buscaron casos adicionales aún no reportados de este tipo de problema grave de coagulación entre los casi 8 millones de personas que habían recibido recientemente la vacuna de Johnson Johnson. Encontraron un total de 15 casos, todos de los cuales fueron entre mujeres, y 13 en mujeres entre 18 y 49 años de edad. 14 de las mujeres que desarrollaron este problema de coagulación eran blancas, una era afroamericana y ninguna era asiática, latina o indígena americana nativa de Alaska. Dos de las mujeres usaban anticonceptivos hormonales y siete cumplían con los criterios de obesidad. Tres de las mujeres murieron y siete permanecen en el hospital. Vale la pena señalar que si este tipo de coagulación se identifica temprano, a menudo es tratable y en los estudios, nueve de cada diez personas que reciben tratamiento por un tipo de coagulación similar han tenido una recuperación completa o casi completa. En este caso, es importante resaltar lo positivo del proceso para establecer si una vacuna es segura, que es que los pacientes ahora saben que deben estar atentos a las primeras señales o reacciones a la vacuna entre una y tres semanas después de la vacunación. Estos incluyen dificultad para respirar, dolor en el pecho, hinchazón de las piernas, dolor abdominal persistente, dolores de cabeza intensos o persistentes, visión borrosa, formación fácil de moretones o pequeñas manchas de sangre debajo de la piel, no solo en lugar, el, el lugar donde recibió la inyección. Además, la pausa permitió a los proveedores de atención médica eh, conocer las pruebas de detección necesarias para este síndrome y conocer la guía clínica actualizada para el tratamiento. Esto significa que los médicos que atienden a pacientes con síntomas que sugieren este síndrome probablemente ahora pueden reconocerlo, evaluarlo y tratarlo más rápido. Next slide, please. Lo que ven aquí es un gráfico del comité asesor sobre prácticas de inmunización perdón, que tuvo lugar el viernes pasado. Este gráfico resume lo que el comité cree serán los riesgos y beneficios al reanudar la vacuna de Johnson Johnson. Las líneas dobles negras en las barras azules cerca de la parte inferior indican que esas barras azules no están a escala. Como puede ver, los riesgos y beneficios son ligeramente diferentes en los diferentes grupos de edad de mujeres. 
en las mujeres de 18 a 49 años, el riesgo de TTS fue de 13 casos por cada millón de vacunas administradas. Al mismo tiempo, los beneficios de la vacuna incluyeron la prevención de 12 muertes, 127 ingresos a unidades de cuidados intensivos y 657 hospitalizaciones. En mujeres mayores de 50 años, la diferencia en riesgos y beneficios fue más dramática. No esperaríamos ver más de dos casos de coagulación uh, severa por cada millón de vacunas administradas, mientras que el mismo escenario evitaría 593 muertes, 1,292 ingresos a las unidades de cuidados intensivos y 4,794 hospitalizaciones. Next slide, please. Estamos muy agradecidos de tener una infraestructura de seguridad de vacunas que vela por la seguridad de nuestro suministro de vacunas y el bienestar del pueblo en los Estados Unidos. Esto continuará brindando tranquilidad de que el monitoreo continuará a medida, a medida que cientos de millones de personas sean vacunadas para prevenir infecciones, enfermedades graves y muerte por COVID-19. Continuaremos brindando actualizaciones sobre la seguridad y eficacia de la, uh, las vacunas aquí y en nuestro sitio web. Next slide, please. Después de escuchar sugerencias de nuestros socios comunitarios sobre lo que se necesita para facilitar la vacunación de los residentes del Condado de Los Ángeles, desde el jueves pasado, el Condado de Los Ángeles ha estado ofreciendo vacunas sin cita en todos los sitios de nuestro condado. Esto continuará al menos hasta el jueves mientras dure nuestro suministro. Esto significa que cualquier persona de 16 años o más que viva o trabaje en el condado de Los Ángeles ahora puede vacunarse sin programar una cita en los lugares que se enumeran en este gráfico. Tenga en cuenta que los adolescentes de 16 y 17 años deben estar acompañados por un padre o tutor. Cuando venga sin una cita previamente programada, debe traer una identificación con foto y sepa que es recomendable comer y, um, e hidratarse antes de venir. Next slide, please. Una estrategia adicional que apoyamos en todo el condado es utilizar equipos de vacunación móviles para vacunarse cerca de donde viven las personas que pueden tener una capacidad limitada para llegar a uno de los sitios de vacunación establecidos. Tenemos 111 sitios móviles de vacunación programados para esta semana en varios lugares en todo el condado de Los Ángeles, incluso en organizaciones religiosas, ubicaciones de viviendas para personas mayores, sitios de alimentos y agricultura, estaciones de metro y otras organizaciones comunitarias. El equipo móvil de vacunas está trabajando con socios como mercados, tiendas y socios del metro para establecer algunos sitios móviles de vacunas permanentes en lugares que son fundamentales para estas comunidades. Mientras tanto, como puede ver en este mapa de los sitios móviles de vacunación programados para esta semana, los esfuerzos de nuestros equipos eh, móviles continúan enfocándose en las poblaciones de mayor riesgo del condado y los códigos postales donde a la vivienda inadecuada y la inestabilidad económica y otros factores contribuyen a niveles más bajos de salud comunitaria. Next slide, please. 
Estas fotos son de un evento de vacunación que eh, se realizó la semana pasada en asociación con la Iglesia La Luz del Mundo, una iglesia en el este de Los Ángeles. Esta iglesia es una de al menos 230 congregaciones en todo el condado de Los Ángeles que se han asociado con nosotros para entregar vacunas en códigos postales con altos índices de pobreza. Next slide, please. Un tercio de la congregación de la luz eh, se inscribió para este evento y cuando terminó, 300 miembros de la comunidad habían sido vacunados. Hasta la fecha, nuestras asociaciones con organizaciones religiosas han ayudado a administrar casi 30,000 dosis de vacuna. Eso es más del doble de lo que proyectamos que entregaría este esfuerzo en marzo. E incluye más de 22,000 primeras dosis y más de 6,500 segundas dosis. Ahora estamos en camino de entregar más de 100,000 vacunas a través de estos esfuerzos. Next slide, please. El mensaje del interior de esta iglesia es uno que esta comunidad claramente tomó en serio. Mi tiempo ha llegado. Next slide, please. Queremos mostrarles una nueva función en nuestro tablero de control de vacunas, un tablero de datos de vacunas interactivo que permita a las personas ver rápidamente y fácilmente cómo se ven las tasas de vacunación en sus propios vecindarios. Esta herramienta permite a las personas ver en detalle las cifras de vacunación diaria y en total a través del condado. Y esperamos actualizar los datos que muestra tres veces por semana. El tablero de datos permite a las personas explorar nuestro esfuerzo de vacunación de muchas maneras diferentes. Puede ver una comunidad o todo el condado. Puede mostrar un mapa de lapso de tiempo durante un cierto periodo de tiempo. Y puede ver la cobertura de la vacuna en ciertos grupos de edad. Esperamos que las personas de todo el condado de Los Ángeles encuentren este tablero de vacunación, eh, eh, que sea un recurso útil para poder comprender nuestras comunidades y ciudades y que lo ayude a educar y a motivar a sus vecinos y seres queridos sobre la vacunación. Next slide, please. Las personas mayores estuvieron entre los primeros residentes del condado de Los Ángeles en ser elegibles para la vacuna de COVID-19. Comenzamos a vacunar a las personas mayores el 20 de enero y desde entonces las comunidades de todo el condado realmente se han unido para que nuestros residentes mayores reciban sus vacunas. Esta captura de pantalla del tablero interactivo de datos de vacunas muestra los notables resultados de este esfuerzo. Cuanto más oscuras sean las áreas verdes en este mapa, mayor será la proporción de personas mayores que viven ahí que han recibido al menos una dosis de la vacuna. Como puede ver en la gran mayoría del condado, la mayoría de nuestros residentes mayores de 65 años han recibido al menos una dosis de la vacuna. En general, el 60% de nuestros adultos mayores están completamente vacunados. En comparación, el 24% de los adultos de 18 a 64 años se han vacunado. Queremos señalar que la diferencia en las tasas de vacunación de estos grupos se debe en gran parte al periodo de tiempo mucho más largo que las personas mayores han sido elegibles para recibir la vacuna en comparación con los adultos más jóvenes. Las personas mayores han sido elegibles desde mediados de enero, mientras que muchos de los adultos más jóvenes que estaban en grupos de trabajadores elegibles solo se volvieron elegibles para la vacuna en abril. 
estamos empezando a ver algunas señales alentadoras en los hospitales de nuestro condado de que hay algunos beneficios reales de formar parte de este grupo de personas mayores altamente vacunadas. Next slide, please. Este gráfico muestra la proporción de residentes del condado de Los Ángeles con COVID-19 que fueron hospitalizados entre julio del 2020 y marzo del 2021. La línea azul indica la proporción de adultos menores de 65 años que fueron hospitalizados con sus infecciones, mientras que la línea anaranjada indica esta proporción en adultos mayores de 65 años. Vean las dos uh, flechas blancas a la derecha de este cuadro. Comenzamos a vacunar a los adultos mayores de 65 años el 20 de enero y para el 21 de febrero el 50% de nuestros adultos mayores habían recibido al menos una dosis de la vacuna. Como puede ver, la línea anaranjada está constantemente por encima de la línea azul aquí desde el comienzo de la pandemia. Las hospitalizaciones durante meses han sido más altas entre los adultos mayores que entre los adultos más jóvenes. Puede ver cómo, cam cómo cambió la distancia entre esas líneas después de que la cobertura de vacunas de nuestras personas mayores aumentó en serio. Después de meses de disminuir muy lentamente, el porcentaje de personas mayores infectadas que fueron hospitalizadas cayó abruptamente del 20% a menos del 13% justo después de que llegara eh, nuestro esfuerzo de vacunación para personas mayores. Mientras tanto, la proporción de adultos más jóvenes con COVID-19 que fueron hospitalizados se ha mantenido prácticamente igual. Tenemos la esperanza de que a medida que se vacunen más personas jóvenes, también ve vemos uh, una disminución igualmente marcada en sus tasas de hospitalización. Dado lo poderosas que son estas vacunas para prevenir hospitalizaciones y muertes, estamos seguros de que esto puede suceder con una mayor cobertura de vacunación. Next slide, please. Debido a que ahora se hospitaliza a menos personas mayores infectadas por COVID-19, las personas mayores representan una proporción menor de todas las hospitalizaciones por COVID-19. Como muestra esta, este gráfico, desde principios de febrero, las personas mayores, aquí mostradas por la línea anaranjada, han representado un porcentaje cada vez más pequeño de hospitalizaciones por COVID-19 que los adultos más jóvenes. Y desde enero, la proporción de hospitalizaciones por COVID-19 que representan las personas mayores uh, se ha reducido casi a la mitad. Next slide, please. Estamos viendo eh, un patrón similar en la gravedad de los casos hospitalizados. Aunque todos los grupos de edad han visto una menor gravedad de la enfermedad desde que terminó el aumento repentino, la mejora ha sido particularmente dramática en los adultos mayores. Esta, este gráfico muestra cuánto mayores han sido las mejoras en este grupo de edad. Entre diciembre del 2020 y marzo del 2021, eh, la duración media de la estancia hospitalaria para los casos de 65 años o más se redujo en un 43% de 7 a 4 días, mientras que la duración de la estancia de, se redujo solo en un 25% en los adultos más jóvenes. 
durante el mismo periodo de tiempo, la necesidad de ventilación mecánica entre los casos hospitalizados se redujo un 7% en las personas mayores en comparación con una caída del 4% en sus contrapartes más jóvenes. Y la mortalidad intrahospitalaria ha disminuido un 24% en los adultos mayores y solo un 10% en los adultos de 18 a 64 años. Por lo tanto, con tantas personas mayores ahora vacunadas, estamos viendo menos personas mayores infectadas, hospitalizadas y aquellos que están hospitalizados tienen mejores resultados. Next slide, please. Al principio de esta presentación eh, mencionamos que casi 4 millones y medio de residentes del condado de Los Ángeles habían recibido una primera dosis de la vacuna. De las personas cuya primera dosis fue una inyección de Pfizer o, o Moderna, casi 280 mil personas están atrasadas para su segunda dosis. Hay muchas razones por las eh, que esto podría estar sucediendo. Una de las razones es que estas dosis son una realidad, uh, son una, reali una realidad segunda dosis para las personas que recibieron su primera dosis fuera del condado de Los Ángeles. Otra es que las personas simplemente se han olvidado de recibir su segunda dosis. Es posible que algunas personas se hayan desanimado por los efectos secundarios de la primera dosis o que sientan que la primera dosis es una protección suficientemente eficaz. Si usted es una de las personas que está trazada para su segunda dosis de vacunación, queremos que considere la información que le acabamos de mostrar sobre la disminución de hospitalizaciones, uso de respiradores y muertes que estamos viendo ahora que tanto de nuestros adultos mayores están completamente vacunados. Queremos ver estas mismas tendencias en los adultos más jóvenes. Muchos eh, de ustedes proveen por sus familias, tienen hijos pequeños y son la fuerza laboral de nuestro condado. Vacunar a todos por completo, lo que significa dos dosis de la vacuna Pfizer y Moderna, si esa es la, eh, la vacuna que recibió, es nuestra mejor esperanza de que estas tendencias positivas se extiendan más ampliamente en nuestras comunidades. Los síntomas similares a los de la gripe que muchas personas tienen durante un tiempo después de la vacunación son señales de que su sistema inmunológico está funcionando. Y aunque una dosis ofrece cierta protección, no es un nivel de protección tan fuerte como que lo que le ofrece dos dosis. Entonces, si está atrasado para su segunda dosis, regrese con nosotros y juntos difundamos una mejor salud de nuestro condado. Next slide, please. Los datos que les hemos mostrado hoy están lejos de ser los único, las únicas señales de que las vacunas son una forma muy eficaz de prevenir infecciones, enfermedades graves y la muerte por COVID-19. Los datos de estudios de trabajadores de salud estadounidenses e ingleses han demostrado que estar completamente vacunado reduce las infecciones por COVID-19 en general entre un 85 y un 90% en esta población de muy alto riesgo. En Escocia, la vacuna redujo las hospitalizaciones por COVID-19 en aproximadamente un 90%. 
e Israel, donde casi el 60% de todos los adultos han sido vacunados, recientemente celebró su primer día sin nuevas muertes por COVID-19. Aquí en el condado de Los Ángeles, los riesgos de infectarse, ser hospitalizados o morir por COVID-19 son mucho más bajos que durante el aumento. Queremos que se den cuenta de lo extraordinariamente diferente que es esto uh, de lo que está sucediendo en todo el mundo. En la India, los casos están aumentando extremadamente rápido y la población del país está sufriendo inmensamente por la abrumadora demanda de atención médica, oxígeno y camas de hospital. Las escenas que estamos viendo en todo el mundo serán escalofriantemente familiares para todos los que soportan el aumento en este condado. Y aunque nuestra situación ha mejorado mucho desde entonces, no somos inmunes a volver a este tipo de situaciones. Debemos utilizar todas las herramientas que tenemos para evitar que esto suceda. En promedio, todavía estamos perdiendo a 10 de nuestros residentes cada día de, debido a esta infección. Las tres vacunas que tenemos ahora evitarían que casi todas las personas vacunadas se infecten, sean hospitalizadas y mueran. Casi todos los que mueren hoy estarían vivos si estuvieran completamente vacunados. Si bien ha sido un año aterrador, lleno de incógnitas sobre este nuevo virus y orientación que cambia con frecuencia, sobre todo desde máscaras hasta limpiar sus alimentos, sabemos que las tres vacunas que estamos usando son muy seguras. Sabemos esto por los registros de seguridad meticulosamente guardados de los ensayos clínicos que involucran a decenas de miles de personas, registros que han sido verificados de forma independientemente por una agencia reguladora considerada mundialmente como el estándar de oro para garantizar la seguridad de medicamentos y vacunas. Sabemos esto debido a los datos en tiempo real recopilados de los casi 140 millones de personas ya vacunadas en los Estados Unidos y un programa nacional de seguridad de vacunas que funciona eficazmente para identificar cualquier efecto secundario o evento adverso poco común y potencialmente grave a medida que ocurre. Hasta la fecha, las únicas señales de seguridad identificadas por este programa, este programa fueron casos raros de anafilaxia, que es un efecto secundario poco común de muchas otras vacunas, y la señal de coagulación asociada con la vacuna Johnson Johnson, como mencionamos anteriormente. Es por eso que hacer que todos se vacunen es el camino más rápido para llegar al nivel amarillo y las oportunidades de reapertura que vendrían con él. Es posible que algunas de ustedes uh, hayan escuchado sobre la preocupación de que las uh, variantes virales pueden estar contribuyendo al aumento de las tasas de infección en otras partes del país y en todo el mundo, pero las variantes tienen muchas menos oportunidades de crearse y propagarse si casi no tenemos transmisión uh, de persona a persona. La vacunación puede llevarnos ahí. Cuando la mayor parte de nuestra población esté completamente vacunada, podremos volver a disfrutar de nuestras familias y seres queridos sin miedo. Eh, nosotros, uh, nuestros teatros, estadios y esta, uh, estadios pueden operar a plena capacidad y finalmente podamos uh, empezar a recordar cómo era la vida normal. 
Eh, sabemos que la gente todavía tiene muchas preguntas y queremos asegurarnos de que tenga la oportunidad de eh, obtener respuestas a sus preguntas. Tendremos reuniones frecuentes con una variedad de expertos para ayudar a responder la mayor cantidad de preguntas que podamos. Eh, los invitamos a asistir a, nuestro próximo, a, a nuestra próxima junta que podrán ver en vivo en las páginas de Facebook y YouTube del Condado de Los Ángeles mañana a las 6 p.m. Puede utilizar el enlace al final de este gráfico para hacer uh, preguntas a antemano. Eh, muchas gracias. And I see that um, I see that we don't have any questions today, so we'll go ahead and move on to remarks in Armenian. Bari or Bolori. Snorakalichin vera skitch solisin, yev ambocht vera stukich horotin. Snorakalichin, I saw Chepazorucit in Zmianalu Hamar. Yes, Kakisvan Covid, Tasni Depkeri Hospitalatsman, yev Mahvan Depkeri Vera Berial Karmatsum Nero. Patvastanyutit Harmatsvam, Meradial Terekutsuner Aymasin, Tench Pesel Los Angeles Sergeana, Veraskusum, Patvastuma, Johnson, Yev Johnson, Patvastanyuti Head. Harmatsum, Havat Kivrahim, Nevats Kazmake Kutsuner Head, Mer Gorton Keruchan, Vera Berial, Yevoro, Shusadroh, Mutumner, Boronkmek, Nekatumen, Covid, Tasninov, Hospitalatsvats, Markan Sergeana. Nerka Iravichaka Hetegalme. I sort Savov Haitnumen Kievas Chors Mahvan Masin. Make Anze Utsuntarika Mitz Bartsvek Yev Unetzele Orektor Arochakan Hantisner. Make Anze Vatsun Hink Tarika Mitz Yotanasun Inne Yev Nempes Unetzele Orektor Arochakan Hantisner. Yerku Anze Tarika Hitsunitz Vatsun Chorsnen Yev Yerkusnel Unetzele Orektor Arochakan Hantisner. Sa Berume and Tanur Maheri Tivak, San Gerekhaza, Yotha, Yotamasun Yoti, Los Angeles, Germany. I surmank Hait Numen, Yerko Harir Utsun Ut Nor Debkeri Masin. Yev and Tanur, Los Angeles, Germany, Dragon Debkeri Tivak, as woman, Meg Milon, Yerko Yarasun Mekhazar, Utharur Betz. I step Keren Neraruman, Hitsun Yerko Hazar, Utharur, Long Beach Karakum, Merkors and Kerneriko Mitz Grants Fats, Debkeri. Isk Pasadena Kaki Kormitz Grantsvats, Tasnamekhazar, Yerko Harur Hink, Tepker, Boronkunen, Anko, Ankar, Arochapakan, Bajanuknet. Nirkayamus Hospitalats Velen, Chorsar Yot Mart, Boronsitz, Tasna Inotokosa, Gutnavuman, Intensive Bajanukun. Testavoruma Katarvelen, Avelikan Betz Milon Mart. Եվ արդյունքները զեկուցվել են Los Angeles շրջան, որոնցից հավաքական 18 տոկոսը դրական է։ 2020 թվականի մարտի 1-ից միջև 2021 թվականի ապրիլի 18-ը մենք մնում ենք համատաբար ցածր եւ կայուն։ Մարտի 28-ից ապրիլի 18-ը ընկած ժամանակահատվածում գրանցված դեպքերի միջին օրական քանակը նվազել է ընդհանրը 13 տոկոսով։ 424-ից Երեխար 
որն այդքան խոր ազրեցությունը թողում մեր համայնքներում բնակվող մարդկանց առողջության և բարեկերջության վրա։ 2021 թվականի ապրելի 22-ի դրությամբ լոս անջերը շրջանում այդ թվում լոնգ բիչ և պասադենակ հաղակներում բնակվող մոտավորապես 4,5-4 միլոն մարդ 21 թվականի հումվարի մեկից պատվաստվել են արնվազը մեկ տեղաչապ պատվաստանյութերով։ լոս անջերը շրջանի կարկավիճակը ապրիլի 11-ի դրությամբ մենք կարավարել ենք ավելի կան 7 միլոն պատվաստանյութի դեղաճապեր։ Ինչպես արդեն նշեցի ավելի կան 4-4 միլոնից ավել առաջին ճապաբաժիններ են ստացել և ավելի կան 2-5 միլոն Եվ ավելի կան երկուսու կես միլոն մարդ ամբողջովին պաշպանվածի։ Ջոնսոն և Ջոնսոն պատվաստանյութերի վերաբերյալ։ Ուրպատ որը սնդամթերքի և տեղերի վարջությունը և հիվանդությունների վերահասկման և կանխ արգելակման ոգոտները կտրուկ գերազանցում է ռսկերին։ Մինչ այս հայտարարությունը CDC իմնա կանխարքերակման պրակտիկայի վերաբերալ կորդատվական կոմիտեն հանդիպես ներկայասնելու համար այն տվյալները, որոնք այս գործակալություններ Ջոնսոն և ջոնսոն վարճակազմի դաթարը սկսվել է այն ժամանակ, երբ հայտնաբերվել են տրոնբոցման լուրջ խնդիր վեծ դեպք այն մարդկանց մոտ, ովքեր վերջերը սպատվաստանյութ են ստացել։ Այս տրոնբոնները � Եվ որ դրանք ուղեքցվել են մարմն է այլ մասերում այրան մակարդման կարողոցան անդման։ լջացման մակարդակի այս հատուկ տիպին նկարագրություն համար այժմ ոգտագործվող հապավումն է TTS, ինչը նշանակում է դեր չզեկուցված դեպքեր են, որոն էլ մոտ 8 միլոն մարդու շրջանում, ովքեր վերջերը ստացել են ջոնսն ջոնսն պատվաստանյութը։ Նրանք ընդհանուր արմամբ հայտնաբերել են 15 դեպք, բոլորն էլ կին են 13-ը, 18-ը, սպիտակին մեկը սև և ոչ մեկը այսյական լատինական կամ ամերիկացի հնդիկ այլասկան բնիկ։ Կանանցից երկուսը ոգտագործում են հորմոնալ հակաբեղնավորիչներ և յոթը համապատասխանում են ճարպակալման չապանիշներին։ Այս տեսակը վաղ է հայտնաբերվել, այն հաճաղ բուժվում է և ուսումնասիրությունների արդյունքում տասից ինը մարդ, ովքեր բուժվում են 
համանման տիպի խանգարման համար ունեցել են գրեթե ամբողջական վերականգնում։ Այս պատվաստանյութի անվտանգության ապահովման այս շադրական հետևանքը այն է, որ հիմաները այժմ գիտեն, որ պնտրում են այս հազվակյութ խտացման խանգարման բաղ նշաններ և աղտանիշները կան ներարկման վայրիս դուրս գտնվող, մաշկի տակ գտնվող այրան փոքր բծեր։ լրացուցիր դաթարը թուլ տվեց առողջապահական ծարայություններ մատուցող ընկերություններին իմանալ, թե ինչպես են զմնել և պատշա� նույնիսկ ավելի առակ կճանանչեն ստուգելու և ուժելու համար։ Մեր համայքի շատ գործ ընկերներից առաջարկություններ լսելուց հետո այն մասին, թե ինչ է անռաժեշտ, որպիսի լոսանջորոսի բնակիշները պատվաստումները տարիք ունեցող հիրական չուր ոգ, ով ապրում կամ աշխատում է լոս անջելոր շրջանում, կարող է պատվաստվել առանց հանդիպում նշանակելու։ Հնդրում ենք նկատի ունենալ, որ 16-ից և 17 տարիկան դրահասները պետք է ուղեկցվեն լուսանկարճական այդի և խնդրում ենք իմացեք, որ ծանկալի է ուտել և պավարար հեղուկ խմել նախկան կալը։ Նրացութիշ ռազմավարություն, որին մենք ոժանդակում ենք համայնքում, այն է, որ պատվաստումների շարժական Մենք ունենք հարուր տասնմեկ շարժական պատվաստումների կայք, որոնք այս շապատ նխատեսնված են լոս անջելոսի տարբեր շրջաններում, այդ թվում հավատքի վրա հիմնված կազմակերկություններում, տարեցների մեր շարժական թիմերի ճանքերը շարնակում են կենտրոնանալ շրջանի ամենա վտանգավոր և փոստային կոդերի վրա, որտեղ ամբավարար բնակարանային պայմաններ են նկատվում, տնտեսական անկայնություն և այլ կործոններ Մենք առաջին անգամ սկսեցինք պատվաստել տարեցներին հումվարի 20-ին և այդ ժամանակը հատվածից իվեր համայնքների իրոք միավորվել է։ Պատվաստանյութերի տվյալները ինտրակտիվ հետազոտմունը ծույց է տալիս, 
ընդհանուր արմատ մեր տարեցների 60%-ը ամբողջովին պատմաստված է։ Համատության համար 18-ից 64 տարեկան մարդկանց 24%-ն է պատվաստվել։ Ես ուզում եմ նշել, որ այս խմբերի պատվաստումների մակարդակի տարբերությունը մեծ մասամբ պայմանավորված է նրանով, որ տարեցների իրավունք ունեին հունվարի կեսերից միջդերդ շատերը ավելի երիտասարդ մարդիկ, ովքեր համապատասխան աշխատախմբերի մեջ չեին, միայն պատվաստանյութի իրամունք ստացան ապրիլին։ Մենք սկսում ենք տեսնել մեր շրջանի հիվանդանոսներից մի քանի ուսադրող նշաններ այն մասին, որ տարեցների այս խիստ պատվաս� Իսկ միջ պետրվարի 21-ը մեր տարեցների 50%-ը ստացել էին պատվաստանյութի առնվազը մեկ տեղաճավ։ Համաճարակի սկզբից իվեր ամսական հոսպիտալացումները տարեց մեծահասակների մոտ ավելի բարցրին, կան ավելի տասերեք տոքոս ծածր ինչ մեր պատվաստումների ճանքերից հետո։ Մինչտեր հոսպիտալացված կովիտով տարապող կրծեր մեծահասակների համըմալցան մնացել են ունինան։ Մենք լիահույս ենք, կանի որ ավելի շատ երտասարդներ հոսպիտալացում նմահը կանխելու հարցում։ Նմանատիպ որինաչապություններ մենք տեսնում ենք հոսպիտալացված դեպքերի ծանրության աստիճանում։ Չնայած բոլոր տարիկային խմբերի հիվանդանության � 2020 թվականի դեկտեմբերից միջ 21 թվականի մարդկած ժամանակը հատվացում, 45 տարեկան և ավելի բարցր տարիքի հիվանդանոցներում մնալու միջին տեղողությունը նվազելը 43 տոքոսով, 7 որից դարնալով 4 որ։ Մինչ դեր երտասարդների Նույն ժամանակը հատվածում տարեցների մոտ հոսպիտալացման դեպքերի շրջանում մեխանիկական ոտապողության առաժեշությունը նվազել է յորդոքոսով, մինչ դեր երտասարդների մոտ նվազել է չորստոքոսով։ Իսկ ներ Այսպիսով, կանի որ մենք այսքան տարեցներ այժմ պատվաստված են, մենք տեսնում ենք, որ ավելի կիչ բարակված տարեցներ են հոսպիտալացվել, և նրանց, ովքեր հոսպիտալացվել են, ունեն ավելի լավ արդյունքն մետումները ավելի լայնորեն տարածում են մեր համայնքներում։ Գրիպի նման աղտանիշներ, որոնք շատ մարդիկ ունենում են պատվաստանյութերից կարդ ժամանականց ձեր իմունային համակարգի աշխատանքի նշաններն են։ 
Եվ չնայած մեկ դեղաչապը առաջարկում է որոշակի պաշպանություն, դա պաշպանության այնքան ուժեղ մակարտակ չէ, որքան առաջարկում է երկու դեղաչապը։ Այսպիսով, եթե ձեր եկրոր դեղաչապի ժամկետը անցել է, եկեք մեզ մոտ և եկեք միասին տարածենք ավելի լավ առողջություն մեր շրջանի անվողջ տարածքում։ Այստեղ լոս անջելոսում բարակվելու հիվանդանոց տեղափոխվելու կամ կովիդից մահանալու ռիսկերը շատ ավելի ծածր են, կան ալիքի ժամանա� Եվ երկրի բնավջության անչապ տարապում է բրշկական ոգնության թտվացնի և հիվանդանոցային մարջակարների ճնշող պահանջարքից։ Այն տեսարանները, որոնք մենք տեսնում ենք ամբողջ աշխարից ծնցո Մենք պետք է ոգտագործենք յուրականչուր գործիք, որպիսի դա տեղի չունենա։ Այս վարակի պատճարով մենք միջին հաշվով ամենոր կործնում ենք մեր տաս բնակիշներից։ Այժում մեր ունեցած երեկ � Չնայաց արսապելի տարի է այս նոր վիրուսի մասին անհայտալություններով և հաճախական պոպոխվող ուղեկությություններով դիմակներից միջև ձեր մթերքները սրկել եմ, մենք գիտենք, որ մեր ոգտավործած երեկ պահպանված գրարումների պատճարով։ գրարումները, որոնք ինք նույրուն ստուգվել են կարգավորվող կործակալության կողմից, որը աշխարում համարվում է ոսկու ստանդարդ տեղերի և պատվաստանյութերի անվտանգությունը � պատվաստանյութերի անվտանգության ազգային ծրագրի շնորի, որ նարջնավետորեն աշխատում է հայտնաբերելուց ծանկացած հազվայկութ և պոտենցյալ լուրջ կողնակի բարդություններ կամ անբարենպաստ իրադարջություններ և կապված են ջանցն ջանցն պատվաստանյութերի հետ, ինչպես եվ ավելի վաղ կնարկեցի։ Ահա թե ինչու բոլորին պատվաստելը ամենա առակ ճանապարն է դեպի դեղին մակարդակ հասնելու և դրան զուգահեր վերաբացված գերկրի այն մասերում և ամբողջ աշխարում բարակների մակարտակի բարցացմանը, բայց այդ տարբերակները ստեղցվելու և տարածվելու շատ ավելի կիչ հնայարություններ ունեն, եթե մենք գրետը պոխանցում չունենանք մարդուց 
պատվաստումը կարող է մեզ այդտեղ հասցնալի։ Եվ մեր բնակչության մեծ մասը լիովին պատվաստված է, մենք կարող ենք վերադարնալ վայելել մեր ընտանիքները և սիրելները առանց բախի։ Մեր թատրոնները և մարզադաշտերը որ դուք հնարարություն եք պատասխանել ձեր հարցերին։ Մենք ունենալու ենք ներկրված մի շարկ մասնագետներ, որոնք կոգնեն պատասխանել ձեր հնարավորինը շատ հարցերին։ Ես ես հրավիրում եմ ներկա գտնվել մեր առաջիկա Կաղկապետարանից նախապես հարց տալու համար կարող եք ոգտագործել հետևյալ հողումը։ Շատ շնորակալություն։ Thank you. Now the remarks in Korean. Հանյաշիմնիկա, մոնձո դեյլի վիպոտրը մարսիմ դրիգեսնիտա։ Որոյլ կեսիսուա սամակնյուրն ժումար բուգույ Եուգամսրովկետո ոնել դեմյոնի չուկա սամանձակա իսոսմիտա։ Իջունի համյոնին 80-ը իսանգրով գիջոջրանի իսոսմիտա։ Սո դարեն համյոնին 65-ը-ը-ը-ը-ը-ը-ը-ը-ը-ը-ը-ը-ը-ը-ը-ը-ը-ը-ը-ը-ը-ը-ը-ը-ը-ը-ը-ը-ը-ը-ը-ը-ը
이 응고 문제가 더 심각했던 이유는 뇌와 또뇌 주위에 있는 혈관의 응고가 되고 몸의 다른 곳에서는 피가 응고되는 역할을 감소하는 일을 하였기 때문입니다. 이와 같은 응고 문제를 TTS라고 하는데 혈소판 감소증 증후군을 동반한 혈전증을 의미합니다. 백신 접종이 중단되어 있던 동안 FDA와 CDC의 조사원들은 이미 전슨앤전슨 백신을 받은 800만 명 중에 아직 보고가 되지 않았던 심각한 혈액 응고 문제가 추가로 있는지를 알아보았습니다. 총 15케이스가 있었는데 모두 여성이었고 13명은 18에서 49세 사이였고 이 중에 14명은 백인이었으며 1명은 흑인이었고 이 중에 동양인과 라틴계열 혹은 아메리칸 인디안 알래스카 원주민은 없었습니다. 2명은 호르몬 피임약을 사용하고 있었고 7명은 비만이었습니다. 이 중에 3명이 사망하였고 7명은 병원에 입원해 있는 상태입니다. 이러한 응고 문제가 일찍 발견되면 대부분 치료가 가능합니다. 이러한 종류의 응고 질환을 가진 10명 중 9명이 완전히 혹은 거의 완전히 회복될 수 있습니다. 그러므로 미리 아는 것은 도움이 될수 있는데 이제 환자들이 백신 접종을 받은 후 1주에서 3주 동안 이 드문 응고 질환의 초기 징후와 증상을 지켜보도록 하고 있습니다. 이 증상들에는 숨가쁨, 가슴 통증, 다리 붓기, 계속되는 복부 통증, 심각하게 지속되는 두통, 흐려진 시야, 쉽게 멍이 드는 것 혹은 접종 부위 외에 피부 밑에 가는 핏자국 등이 있습니다. 그에 더해 접종 중단은 의료 서비스 제공자들이 이 신드롬에 대해 어떻게 검사하고 치료할 수 있는지 배우도록 해주었습니다. 그러므로 의료진들은 이러한 증상을 가진 환자들을 더 빨리 인식하고 테스트를 받고 치료를 받을 수 있도록 할 것입니다. 이 백신의 위험성과 유익점은 다른 나이의 연령층에 따라서 달랐는데 여성의 18세에서 49세 중에 TTS 위험성은 100만 명당 13명이었습니다. 그러나 유익점은 백신이 12명의 사망자, 127명의 중환자실 입원, 657명의 병원 입원자가 생기지 않도록 해준다는 점입니다. 여성 50세 이상 중에서는 위험성과 유익점이 더 컸는데 심각한 응고 질환이 생길 확률은 100만 명당 2명 이하였고 593명의 사망자, 1292명의 중환자실 입원, 4794명의 병원 입원자가 생기지 않, 않도록 해줄 수 있다는 유익점이 있었습니다. 계속해서 이 백신의 안전성과 효과에 대한 업데이트를 웹사이트에서 제공하게 될 것입니다. LA 카운티 주민들이 더 쉽게 백신 접종을 받을 수 있도록 커뮤니티 파트너들부터 의견을 참고하여 지난 목요일부터 LA 카운티 접종 장소들에서 걸어서 가서 접종을 받을 수 있도록 제공하고 있습니다. LA 카운티에 살거나 일하는 16세 이상 누구나 이 장소들에서 예약 없이 백신 접종을 받을 수 있게 될 것입니다. 단 16세, 17세 청소년들은 꼭 부모나 보호자와 함께 오셔야 합니다. 예약 없이 
백신을 받으러 오실 때는 꼭 사진이 있는 신분증을 가지고 오시고 오시기 전에 식사를 하시고 또 물을 많이 드시기를 권장하는 바입니다. 백신 접종 장소에 올수 없는 분들을 위해 무비 백신 접종팀이 가서 접종을 해주고 있습니다. 이번 주 LA 카운티의 여러 장소에서 111개의 모빌 백신 장소가 있었는데 믿음 기반 단체들, 시니어 하우징 장소들, 식품과 농업 장소들, 메트로 스테이션 그리고 다른 커뮤니티 기반 단체들에서 이런 장소들이 있습니다. 모빌 백신 팀은 마켓이나 가게, 메트로 파트너들과 함께 협력하여 커뮤니티에서 중심가에 모빌 백신 장소를 마련하고 있습니다. 모빌 백신 팀은 계속해서 카운티에서 가장 위험이 높은 지역과 경제적으로 불안정하고 주택난을 겪고 있는 집코들을 중점으로 장소들을 계획하고 있습니다. 이스트 LA에 있는 라 이글레시아 라 루스텔 문도 교회와 파트너 협력을 하였는데 LA 카운티에 적어도 230개의 회중들에 있는 높은 빈곤율의 집코드에 있는 주민들에게 백신을 접종하고 있습니다. 백신 대시보드에 새로운 점이 추가되었는데 사람들이 쉽게 자기 동네에 백신 접종률을 볼수 있도록 해주는 인터랙티브 백신 데이터 익스플로러입니다. 이 데이터는 일주일에 세번 정도가 업데이트 될 것입니다. 한 커뮤니티에 있는 데이터도 볼수 있고 한 카운티 전체를 볼 수도 있습니다. 또한 특정 연령층에 따른 백신 접종률 역시 볼수 있습니다. 연장자들이 LA 카운티 중에서 가장 먼저 코비드 백신 접종 자격이 주어진 그룹이었는데 LA 카운티의 대부분의 지역에서 65세 이상의 주민분 대부분이 첫 번째 접종을 받으신 상태입니다. 전체적으로 60%의 노인분들이 완전히 백신 접종을 마친 상태입니다. 그에 비해 18세에서 64세 사이에서는 24%가 백신 접종을 받았는데 노인분들은 1월 중순부터 접종 자격이 있었고 더 젊은 성인들은 4월부터 백신 접종 자격이 있었기 때문에 그러합니다. 1월 20일에 65세 이상 주민분들의 백신 접종이 시작되었는데 2월 21일에 50%의 노인분들이 적어도 한 번의 접종을 받았, 받으셨습니다. 감염된 노인분들이 병원에 입원하는 퍼센티지는 20%에서 13%로 감소하였고 젊은 성인들의 병원 입원율은 여전히 비슷하였습니다. 더 많은 젊은 층이 백신을 받으면서 병원율이 줄어들기를 바라고 있습니다. 2020년 12월부터 2021년 3월까지 병원 입원에 있는 기간이 65세 이상의 환자들이 43% 감소하였는데 7일에서 4일로 줄어들었습니다. 젊은 층은 25% 정도가 감소하였습니다. 또한 인공호흡기의 필요성도 노인들은 7% 감소하였고 젊은 층은 4%만 감소하였습니다. 병원에서의 사망률도 노인층에서는 24%가 감소하였고 18에서 64세 사이 연령층은 10%가 감소하였습니다. 그러므로 많은 노인분들이 접, 백신을 접종받음으로 인해서 더 적은 수의 노인 감염자들이 병원에 입원하고 입원하신 분들도 더 빨리 회복되는 것을 볼수 있었습니다. 
LA 카운티의 주민분들 중에 거의 450만 명이 첫 번째 저, 백신 접종을 받았는데 첫 번째 접종이 화이저나 모더나였던 사람들 가운데 거의 28만 명이 두 번째 접종을 받아야 할 때가 지났습니다. 아마도 LA 카운티 밖에서 첫 번째 접종을 받으셨거나 두 번째 접종을 받는 것을 잊어버리셨을 수도 있겠습니다. 어떤 분들은 첫 번째 접종을 받은 후그 부작용 때문에 두 번째 접종을 받지 않거나 첫 번째 접종을만으로도 충분한 보호를 받는다고 생각하실 수도 있습니다. 만약 여러분 중에 두 번째 접종 시기가 지나신 분이 있다면 아까 말씀드린 대로 노인분들의 완전히 백신 접종을 받음으로 인해서 병원 입원율이나 인공호흡기 사용 또 사망률이 감소되었음을 대해서 생각해 보시기 바랍니다. 젊은 성인들 중에서도 이와 같은 결과를 보고자 합니다. 우리 모두가 우리 모두가 완전히 백신 접종을 받는 것 바로 파이저나 모더나 백신을 두번 접종받는 것이 우리 커뮤니티에서 더 많이 보고자 하는 트렌드입니다. 백신 접종 후에 겪게 되는 독감과 같은 증상들은 우리의 면역체계가 일을 하고 있다는 뜻입니다. 그러므로 한번 접종을 받는 것도 얼마의 보호를 주기는 하지만 두번 받을 때만큼의 강한 보호를 주지는 않을 것입니다. 그러므로 두 번째 접종을 받을 시기가 지나셨다면 다시 돌아오셔서 접종 받으심으로 더 나은 건강을 유지하시기 바랍니다. 미국과 영국 의료 서비스 종사자들이 한 연구에 따르면 완전히 접종을 마치면 매우 고위험 그룹 가운데 코비드 감염을 85에서 90% 줄일 수 있음을 알게 됩니다. 스칼랜드에서는 백신 접종이 코비드로 인한 병원 입원율을 90% 줄였습니다. 이스라엘에서는 모든 성인의 60%가 백신을 받았으며 최근에는 코비드로 인한 사망률이 아무도 없었음이 보고되었습니다. LA 카운티에서는 감염이 되거나 병원에 입원하거나 코비드19로 사망하는 위험률이 많이 줄어들고 있습니다. 그러나 지금 이것은 지구 전역에서 일어나는 일과는 매우 다른 일입니다. 인도에서는 케이스 수가 너무 빨리 증가하여서 국민들이 의료 서비스나 산소, 병원 침대의 부족으로 많은 어려움을 겪고 있습니다. 우리 또한 이러한 환경이 다시 오게 될수 있습니다. 그러므로 우리가 가지고 있는 모든 도구들을 사용하여 다시는 이런 일이 일어지, 일어나지 않도록 막아야 할 것입니다. 평균적으로 우리는 LA 카운티에서 매일 약 10명의 주민을 잃고 있습니다. 만약 우리 모두가 완전히 백신 접종을 마친다면 거의 모든 분들이 살수 있을 것입니다. 또한 우리가 사용하고 있는 세 가지 백신이 매우 안전하다는 것 역시 알수 있습니다. 많은, 많은 분들이 여전히 질문이 있으시고 또 보건북은 모든 분들의 질문이 대답을 얻기를 바라, 바라고 있습니다. 여러 전문가들과 함께 더 자주 타운홀 미팅을 가질 것입니다. LA 카운티 페이스북과 유튜브 페이지에서 내일 저녁 6시에 타운홀을 라이브로 보실 수 있습니다. 타운홀 미팅 전에 링크를 사용하여 질문을 하실 수 있을 것입니다. 감사합니다. Next briefing will be in Mandarin. Thank you. 感谢大家参加今天的新闻发布会。
。今天我会为大家更新今天的新病例、今天的住院人数及今天的死亡人数、疫苗接种现状等等，包括洛杉矶重新提供了杰森·江森的江森的疫苗，以及公共卫生局与各宗教组织的合作，以及因新冠病毒住院所展现的新的趋势。我首先开始为大家介绍一些每日的病例、每日状况。大家知道，星期一的数据总会因为周末而有所延迟。很不幸，今天我们也有有四个人因新冠病毒去世，其中一人为八十岁以上的长者，该人患有其他疾病；其中一人为六十五岁到七十九岁之间。该人患有其他疾病，其中两人的年龄为50岁到60岁之间，两人都患有其他疾病。这样，洛杉矶县的总共死亡人数就达到了 23,777 人。请允许我们在利用这个机会，为这些失去亲人的朋友们送去我们的祝哀思国。祝福。我们今天新冠病例又增添了288例，这样洛杉矶的总共的新冠病例达到了1231800例，其中52800例来自长滩市， 11205例来自帕萨迪纳市，这两个城市都有自己独立的卫生局。现在洛县有四百零七人住在医院。我们已对五千零三个住宅和非住宅的地方进行了新冠病毒的调查。这些机构中至少有一个已知的新冠病例，其中八十一个人在调查之中，四千九百二十二个已结束了调查。到目前为止，总共有有。大约650万洛杉矶居民进行了新冠病毒的测试，并且已上报了公共卫生局，其中累计成阳率为 18% 病例死亡人数及住院人数，新冠病例的病例仍处于平稳的较低的阶段，从3月18号到4月18号。平均每日新添新冠病例下降了 13% 从424例到371例。同一时期内，住院人数从658例降到了474例，相当于 28% 的下降。同时，每天死亡人数从每天17例降到了每天5例，下降率达 71%。很高兴看到我们的一起的努力，能够给洛县全体居民带来如此巨大的改变。下面我再谈谈疫苗的接种。截止4月22号，大约有440万的洛县居民，包括长滩市和帕萨迪纳市的居民，已经接种了至少第一剂疫苗。截止4月13号。
前洛县已接种700万剂新冠疫苗，上面提到过，其中440万为第一剂，超过250万为第二剂，意味着450万的洛县居民又加上了一层额外的防护，而250万的居民已全部完成接种。上星期五，联邦食品管理局和 CDC 宣布已完成了对江森的江森疫苗的风险评估。评估结果为，接种江森的江森疫苗的好处远远大于其风险。鉴于撤销对江森啊的江森疫苗的暂停，在 CDC 的官宣之前 ，CDC 的疫苗接种委员会上报了其依据的相关资料。暂停江森的江森疫苗的原因，是因为六人在接种江森啊的江森疫苗之前。之后出现了严重的习惯堵塞，这种堵塞异于其他的原因是，它更容易造成头部的血管堵塞，反而降低身体其他部位的堵塞情况。现在有一个专门名词，其书写为 TTS 来代表这一现象。在暂停期间，联邦食品管理局和 CDC 在八百多万最近接种。江森和江森的例子中寻找了额外的病例，他们总共找到了15例，所有的例子皆为女性，其中13例的女性年龄介于18岁到49岁，其中14人为白人，一人为黑黑人，没有亚洲人，没有拉丁裔人，也没有印第安人，其中两人服用了荷尔蒙，七人属于肥胖症。三人已经死亡，七人仍在住院。可信的是，我们在早期发现的这一现象，因为早期的发现容易跟踪病例。研究中的十人有九人已通过治疗康复出院或接近康复。研究结果提醒我们，在接种江森基江森的头三个星期内，因跟踪血栓出现的可能，其中包括气胆、胸。胸痛、视觉模糊、身体容易出现受伤或注射处附件出现皮下小缺点。江森的江森的暂停使用，一个研究人员提供了如何分辨或吃了相应的病毒，意味着医务人员更容易判断有关症状的人，并做出相应的处理。对不同年龄阶段的女性，风险也不尽相同。对18岁到49岁之间的女性，患 TTS 的是每百百万人中13例，但对应的好处是预防了12例死亡、1 2 7例重症病房及657例的住院情况。对年龄超过50岁以上的人，好处较之风险要比年轻的女性要更大。我们非常庆幸，我们的疫苗的保护系统如此严密，可以保护我们的健康。在接下来的疫苗接种过程中，我们会一如既往的保护好疫苗，并在我们的网络公布疫苗的安全性。在听取多方意见后，我们在所有县接种站，从向上星期开始就开放了不需要预约走进式的疫苗接种。这意味着所有超过
，年龄十六岁的洛县居民不用预先预约就可以去各个县接种点。注意，十六岁和十七岁的居民必须由父母或或监护人陪同。如果没有预约，请务必带上证件。之前接种之前可以吃也可以喝。移动接种的移动。接种疫苗接种站，作为额外的一个接种方法，移动接种站为那些不方便外出的居民提供了方便。这星期总共有一百一十一个移动接种站，并分布于全省各地，包括宗教团体所在地、年长居民居住点、食品及农业品品分配地以及长途汽车站。移动接种点与各超市、汽车站一起在现场安排接种。我们的移动接种站更注重于更受灾严重地，这些地方住房不便，相对比较贫困，及其他因素造成了相对低水平的健康水平。我们在接种咨询簿上引进了一项新的指标。人们可以直接查到所居住的社区的疫苗接种率，同时也可以查到全县当天接种的人数及全县总接种人数。这一动态指标可以为我们提供每个社区和整个洛县的接种疫苗接种状况、各个阶段的接种状况及各个年龄层的接种率。我们希望全县的居民都应充分的利用这一数据，来更好的读懂我们的社区和城市，从而帮助你们更好的说服您的邻居和相爱的人去接种疫苗。六十五岁以上的年长者是第一批接种的，从一月二十号我们就开始为六十五岁的长者接种新冠疫苗。我们的资料显示，全县六十五岁以上的长者。大部分已接种了至少第一剂，而 60% 的长者已完成了全部接种。相比之下， 1 6岁到64的只有 24% 的接种率。造成这一状况的原因，很明显是因为年长者从1月中旬就可以接种，而年轻人从4月份才可能开始接种。64岁以下和6岁以下接种，已相等于。六十岁以上的相关的住院人数比较，六十岁以上的长者的住院率一直高于六十五岁以下的年轻人。但自从疫苗接种后，尽管下降比较缓慢，但疫苗接种产生影响后，年长者的住院率从百分之二十一下就降到了百分之十三，而年轻人的住院率没有多大变化。我们希望随着更多的年轻人接种疫苗，我们将会看到住院率的相应的下降。鉴于疫苗的强大影响，我们相信随着更多的疫苗接种，我们将会看到在年轻人之中也出现这一结果。住院率的年龄分布，随着越来越多的年长者的入院，年长者的入院率，年长者的住院率占 COVID-19 住院率的比例很小，从二。越早期开始，年长者的住院率占年轻人住院率的比例越来越小。
，如果从一月份算起，年长者因新冠病毒住院率已下降了一半，住院病例的严重性呈下降趋势，住院病例的严重性也呈现了类似的趋势。自爆发结束以后，尽管所有年龄组的严重性都有下降，但年长者的下降尤其突出。从二零二零年十二月到二零二一年三月，六十五岁以上的长者住院时间下降了百分之四十三，从七天降到了四天，而年轻人的时间下降了百分之二十五。同期内，需呼吸机的长者下降了百分之七，而年轻人需要呼吸机的比率下降了百分之四。年长者的院内死亡率下降了百分之二十四。而十八岁到六十四岁的年轻人的院内死亡率下降了百分之十。随着更多的年长者接种疫苗，越来越少的长者需要住院，而住院的长者也有更多的存活率。尚未接种的第二季的居民，先前我一我提到过，已有四百五十万落线居民接种了第一季，其中接种了 Pfizer 和。Moderna 的居民已有二十八万例，已超过了接种第二季的时间。这种预期不接种的原因，尽管各有不同，但其中主要是在 L A 接种第一季的时候，已在 L A 之外接种了另外的一季。另外一个原因是人们忘记接种第二季了，也有可能有些人是因为第一季。带来的副作用让他们放弃了第一季、第二季的接种，或者他们认为第一季已经足够能够保护他们了。如果你属于未接种第二季的一员，我想让你参考一下我刚才提供的资料。刚才有关疫苗带来的新冠病例住院人数及死亡人数的下降方面的数据，希望你们完成第二季接种。我希望在年轻人接种疫苗后，也会出现同样趋势，让每个每个人都完成接种，即接种两剂 Pfizer 和 Moderna 疫苗的，是降低传播率、住院率及死亡率的最好的途径。很多人接种后出现轻微的、短暂的类似流感的症状，是。表明你的免疫系统在开始工作。当然，一剂也可以提供一些保护，但不足以达到两剂所提供的强度。所以，如果你尚未接种第二剂疫苗，请来接种第二剂。让我们一起努力，提升我们社区的健康水平。相关疫苗的更多资料，我今天为大家展示的相关疫苗的资料，远非所有能说明疫苗有效性的资料。美国或英国的相关研究结果表明，完成接种后可以为高风险人群降低 85% 到 95% 被感染的机会。在斯格兰，疫苗使住院率降低了 90% 在以色列， 6 0人完整的接种。最近，喜迎第一天没有出现新天死亡，这是在以色列。现在落线角质爆发期，居民的发病率、住院率及死亡的风险要低得多
。而从全球范围来看，这一效果非常巨大。在印度，新冠病例上升极快，而当地的人民则遭受了医疗资源两极之及病床的短短缺。世界其他地方正经历的一切，让我们想起我们曾经经历过的。尽管我们目前的状况已有很大的改善，但这远不能保证我们不会重回过去。因此，我们应该利用一些可以利用的工具，避免类似的爆发，包括佩戴口罩及勤洗手。我们平均每天仍有十人因新冠病毒去世。我们现有的三种疫苗会为每一种接种的人提供更多的保护。保护他们免于生命、生病、免于住院，甚至死亡。如果他们已接种，那今天去世的每一个人就都有机会活着。经历了不确定的一年，不断变化的行动指南及防护要求，有一点我们十分确定：这三种疫苗都十分的安全。我们的很多实验资料说明了这些安全性。全球由各个监管机构的审查也确定了这一安全性。而且从全国一亿四千万的实际接种资料来说，也说明了这三种疫苗的安全性。这就是为每个人提供新冠病疫苗，是我们进入。黄色提升最快的途径。你们中的一些人也许听说了新冠病毒的变种，或也许会加快病毒的传播速度。但是，如果我们接种了疫苗，病毒就缺少了传播途径。我知道很多人都有很多疑问，我们很希望你们能够提出各种问题，这样我们就有机会来回答你们的问题。我邀请你们参加我们即将举行的公共发布会，你们可以通过脸书和油管来查找明天六点六点钟开启的大众会议。This concludes for today. Thank you. This episode of LA Public Health was produced by the Los Angeles County Department of Public Health. Our department is nationally accredited by the Public Health Accreditation Board and is committed to protecting and improving the health of over 10 million residents in Los Angeles County. For more information about DPH programs and services, visit publichealth.lacounty.gov and follow us on social media at LA Public Health. My name is Steve Baldwin, and you've been listening to the LA Public Health podcast.